welcome to That 30 Show, a podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, and the surprising parts of our 30s. I'm G, and I'm finally 30. I'm excited to find out if 30 really is the new 20, because if it is, then the best years are yet to come. And I'm David. I'm entering my mid-30s. I used to have no back pain or trouble sleeping, but now I live off a healthy diet of self-help books and dream of being in bed by 10pm every night. Join us each week as we try to figure out together what life in your 30s is all about. Welcome back to That 30 Show! Welcome back and welcome Samson to our second guest episode of season two. How's your morning going so far? Uh, doing well, just on my third cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you, and, uh, you and G yeah. are both coffee people. Then G, are you, have you had your coffees yet this morning? Are you yeah, awake I have. and alert? Yeah, I need my oh, caffeine in the morning. Same. How do you take your coffee, G? Uh, I usually just have a black. So <sighs> perfect, yeah. perfect. We'll I'm get along. Try not to fine. add any sugars in the creamers, <laughs> but sometimes, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, started drinking coffee at like 17 straight black because I didn't want the extra cream and sugar. Just never stopped since. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm David, not a coffee lucky. person. So whenever I whenever I hear people say they drink it like, uh, like they have it black, like black coffee, I'm like, oh, I think that's the most legit kind. It's like you're you're at, you're a real true coffee person. And if you know, if you have like a lot of cream, a lot of sugar, that's not like real coffee. It's hardly a coffee anymore at that point. That's just mm-hmm. like a sugary drink, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I still drink Keurig coffee, so <laughs> I don't know how legit that is. <laughs> it's all good. So as you, as you all might know, if you are watching us uh, on video or on YouTube, uh, Samson's got this swanky like background with his screw up, level up. So we're going to talk all about that because Samson's actually a podcast host himself and uh, maybe it's going to be a bit of a weird, but hopefully interesting experience for you, Samson, to be in the guest seat this time. Um, usually you're on this side of things, but um, we're really excited to have Samson on because, uh, you know, and he'll tell us a bit more about his podcast, but Grew Up, Level Up, there's this theme there about play. And uh, I think with Samson's background that uh, I'll have him introduce himself in a, in a second, there's a lot of play uh, that is involved in his life. And last time we had a guest on, Michael, we, all, we talked a lot all about work and you know, career. And so when it, when it comes to work-life balance, I think what we hope the next hour uh, will allow us to uh, explore is what does that life part look like, especially in our 30s, especially as adults, when things get so stressful and so demanding and there never seems to be enough time for that leisure or that pleasure and it's like every minute that's not optimized or productive or like making money for us or upscaling ourselves it might feel like it's a a waste or like we're falling behind so we hope that samson can give us some of his insights maybe just from his guests too that he's he's talked about on his podcast um but samson maybe just to start uh you know tell us a bit about your podcast uh, what, why did you start it? And, uh, yeah, let's we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, hello everybody. Thank you for having me on the 30 show. Uh, big fan, big fan. Uh, my name is Samson. Uh, I am a community manager at a tech accelerator here in Vancouver launch Academy. Um, uh, but historically I've also been a child and youth care worker, meaning that I've worked with kids that have, uh, challenges being in classrooms, making, uh, friends or, um, controlling their emotions. So I 
also have that background. That's actually what I studied for in the first place. Um, but yeah, that's that is kind of my my career background. Uh, Grow Up, Level Up is an interview podcast that I decided to start where I talk to folks about the fun and games that helped us grow up, but also the fun and games that we choose to partake in today as adults. Uh, and the fun and games is a broad term because that also includes stuff like creative endeavors or hobbies or sports. Um, basically, anything that uh, you do for fun that you aren't necessarily making money on. Uh, like David said, I feel like a lot of our adult lives are, um, are, are spent thinking about how do we make more money? <laughs> how, do, how do we optimize our time to make more money, which is important. Uh, but I also feel like the concept of play and not just playing for entertainment, which I know we'll um, dive into a little bit later. Uh, the concept of play is lost. Uh, just the concept of having fun and doing stuff without purpose almost, uh, is lost in our uh, adult lives. So I really wanted to start this podcast, not just to highlight um, how adults play in their lives, but also the uh, importance of play and, and how we can integrate that more. Well, I'm really excited for this conversation because I think uh, play, this side is uh, something that I'm very passionate and excited about. Last time I know we had Michael and he's very passionate about his work and I don't think I'm necessarily on that same level <laughs> as he is about work. So I'm looking forward to diving in more about uh, what play means in adult life. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. going to say, G, that like we're just reflecting on this dynamic here with Michael's conversation and what you bring as well. I think Michael mentioned on his, on his episode how... Um, oh, gee, you are really sort of driven in your own way to like experience life to the fullest. And I think you are, you, you say you're very passionate about this side. In my opinion, you're very good at this side of life. Like she's <laughs> really good at play. She's good at having fun. Um, and uh, yeah, it definitely doesn't get in the way of her feeling like she's living, you know, a, 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 the productive or fulfilling life. So we'll maybe get your well, insights too, G, about how you manage that sort of uh, balance. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's, I mean, I have the right definition of play. Like maybe Samson to start, how do you define play? How does your um, background influence uh, your perspective on play? Yeah. Um, so first of all, I'd like to caveat that I'm not like a psychologist expert on You're not? This. Damn it. You invited <laughs> the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, sorry. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I did take a little bit of like psychology study and counseling studies. And um, I have a lot of experience in play. And maybe I'll share a bit about that. But for me, play is something that um, it's like an opportunity to practice skills that we might not uh, be able to practice every day. Um, and that's a very psychological way of analyzing it. Like, like plays for fun. Uh, that is number one. And number two, it's also a way to practice those skills that maybe we don't get to play with every day. Um, I kind of came to that conclusion through uh, two-ish experiences. The first one, uh, bringing you all back to me, I'm 17 years old working at my first summer camp. And uh, we, there's this course there called the Low Ropes course. And it is a, um, it's, it's like a little forest area with ropes, platforms, um, like there's like a rope swing, there's like a, a rickety bridge, that's really only like a foot or two off the ground. It's not very high at all. Um, but 
the way the the team leader at the summer camp was explaining it to us council, camp counselors was that this the purpose of this is to experience risky play. It's to mm-hmm. give kids the opportunity to practice those uh, experiences of fear, of uh, risk, of uh, pushing one's own boundaries without it actually being dangerous. So that kind of really stuck with me. It's um, and and it's fun. It's like rocky. You're playing with your friends. You're jumping really far. Um, same concept with playgrounds. It's a way to to go through those emotions in a way where it doesn't really matter. Like the goal is to have fun. So that is one uh, one what that's when I kind of started thinking about, oh, maybe play isn't just a waste of time. Like growing up in an Asian household is like, get off Maple Story. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're, you should yeah. be studying, right? Uh, so, so play was always seen as like a, a distraction. Um, the second one was as I went through um, my time working through schools and uh, working with like kids with uh, diverse needs, um, mostly the ones that have... Uh, trouble or challenges building relationships with one another, not just other kids, but also adults. One thing that really hooked them in was uh, playing games. Um, So that would be stuff like playing chess or uh, even talking about games uh, that they play at home, like Fortnite. Um, Being able to speak their language and talk about these fun experiences helped build that relationship and helped, um, yeah, nurture those social skills so that they could bring it to other aspects of their life. And that couldn't be done in like a classroom environment or, um, or like a teacher environment that was done in a mutual friendly playing environment, those relationship building and social skills. Um, that being said, if I ever get off tangent or you want more clarity, please let me know. <laughs> I do. I do know I like to ramble, but uh, yeah, I guess in the end, play is a way to have fun, number one, and number two, practice those skills that we might not get to practice every day. Um, one more thing is like, uh, I work a desk job. I spend a lot of time just looking at boxes online. Rarely do I get to uh, <laughs> sit face to face with another person and and uh, yeah, do that face-to-face interaction with them. So those skills, if I didn't have opportunities like playing games or um, or maybe even doing like a podcast like this, I, I won't get to practice those interpersonal skills. Mm. I was thinking like, you know, the, on the playground um, and uh, socializing with friends in school, that's to me anyway, seems quite intuitive. Like that's, that, that makes sense. I see the benefit there. And I think, um, where the challenge, no, I don't want to challenge the right word, but where the um, difficulty sometimes for folks to see the importance of relevance is when we do get older. So, so I don't, Samson, I actually don't, don't know if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. how, how, how old are you this? Uh, I am 29. <laughs> oh, Just you're not about... part of the 30s club yet. Okay. okay. I, my birthday's in March. I'm like, I'm like, in the, I'm, I'm in the... What do you know, the ending streak or whatever. We'll induct you in, as an honorary member. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah as we enter our 30s and as we live through our 30s, um, becoming more like, you know, fully fledged adults. Like we're not going to play on a playground and, and stuff. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, the podcast, you mentioned whatnot. But so what's the adult playground look like? Like what's... Yeah, I think, yeah, that is very interesting because we see it online as in my opinion at least 
it's like dinner parties or board game nights or um, sports, I think, is a really common one, like going to the soccer field and, pl- and uh, I almost said going to the soccer field and playing hockey, going to the ice rink and playing hockey, going to the soccer field and playing soccer. <laughs> um, I think those are not only a, um, uh, but let's talk sports, like sports is often seen as, oh, this is how I get my physical exercise in. This is, uh, I need to be physical anyways. Um, but rarely is the part of, I guess, social aspect um, brought up. Uh, people talk about relationships. I don't think uh, people also talk about the fact that you are um, learning to work as a team or learning to um, to go through conflict. Um, those are kind of the spots that I think play really helps. Um, I'll give an example, actually. So my fiance and I, we love to play Overwatch and we like to duo, meaning that we play together on the same team, but with different roles and support each other. Um, Oftentimes, (laughs) we get frustrated with each other. uh, But then... Like it can go two ways. It can go to that, like, oh, we're upset at each other. We're going to bring that into like our in real life lives and and hold that against each other. Or we are frustrated with each other and then we work it out and practice those frustrations and skills in something that uh, I don't want to say doesn't matter because we are passionate about our rank, <laughs> but <laughs> in a way that that I guess like no one's actually getting hurt, like yeah. like no one is falling apart there's no money exchange all the sensitive stuff is is not touched um all those uh skills of like conflict resolution of frustration um like anger or uh like those really tricky emotions are exercised and practiced in a game in this one it's overwatch (laughs) yeah it's like basically building your communication skills in a safe space if you will, yes. because it's it's harmless, I guess, if you're arguing about video games and board games. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know, when my friends play board games, it gets pretty intense and they end yeah. up like, you know, yelling at each other. All good <laughs> fun, but I'm like, guys. Friendships yeah. do get ruined yeah. in board games, I think. Yeah, they and, do. And, and like the caveat is, of that is like, um, I feel like everyone going into these experiences should have that um mentality in mind that that we are going to if these come up it stays in the game uh i guess it's common in sports right whatever happens on the court stays on the court Mm. um Mm. that's tricky because sometimes things bubble up and spill other places or you're like capping emotions that way but uh if it's like i don't know if consent is the right word but (laughs) if everyone kind of uh agrees to that type of thinking i think it's a pretty like healthy place to practice those emotions as opposed Mm -hmm. to like at work or at home. So sports and video games and board games, um, Hmm. those are great examples. And I think I really see how, you know, you can practice those conflict resolution skills, those teamwork skills. But gee, I'm just thinking about you. Um, You don't, last time I checked, I don't think you have a regular sport that you play. You're not really into like board games that much. And you're not really, you don't play video games. But Samson did mention dinner parties. Do you think, G, do you, you're, that's, that's, that's your world, right, G? So, like, what do you, how, how do you reflect on, on, on play, G, when you don't, you're not like nerds like Samson and I? <laughs> <laughs> well, we do play our fair share of board games. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of the times we are, you know, hanging out, just uh, catching up or having drinks out there. And it's interesting because I never really thought about that as play, Um 
I, I think it's, you know, it's definitely a social activity where you can hang out with your friends and um, not think about work and just relax. I never really thought about it as play, but I mean, yeah, I think it depends on how you look at play, right? If you look at play, like it's something that's like leisurely to build, help build skills, like communication and um, interact, interacting with people, then yeah, I think, I think it does count. One thing for me though, when you were talking about um, risk and how kids, uh, when they go play sports, like they, or, you know, they partake in leisure activities, they have that like risk factor. I find that is definitely hard to do or hard to have in, when you're, as you're getting older. I take like yeah. snowboarding, for example, it is terrifying to fall and to take those <laughs> risks. Whereas you see the little kids and they're just like, whatever they fall and they get up and they like go super fast they crash and burn it's all good but because we have like physical limitations now with our bodies <laughs> yeah <laughs> i feel like it's hard harder for us to sometimes take those same risks and um engage in the same activities as kids used to do so i kind of wish that like when i was a kid i did more of those kind of risky play um mm -hmm. maybe it would have like influenced me um now but yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm kind of glad you brought up risk again with your dinner party uh, experience. I, I think the risk looks different as adults. It's um, well, there's the physical risk, of course, like you said. Uh, I also wish I learned to snowboard, but I, I had to ski. <laughs> um, but uh, stuff like, yeah, like what's a physical risk I'm scared of doing? Um, jet skiing, actually. I'm scared. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I can swim. Any but sort I, of... I, yeah, water sport. Uh, but that's a long winded way of saying like, I feel like the risk also includes, um, I don't know if emotional, mental, maybe psychological. It's it, those dinner parties, for example, like maybe you are inviting a person that's a friend of a friend, you never met this person, but your buddy said, Oh, they're cool. Like, they can join our friend group. Mm -hmm. Like, I would consider that a risk as well. Um, mm -hmm. Having to having to reintroduce yourself and figure out how to sum up your uh, 20 years of career experience into one paragraph uh, to, to best introduce yourself to this person. Uh, and it goes the other way as well. Like, do we want to keep interacting with this person? Um, it's the risk of, of making a new social connection or making a new friendship. I mean, I relate to that so hard, maybe G less so as a very, <laughs> you know, hardcore extrovert um as an introvert i mean introvert doesn't necessarily mean not outgoing but certainly with those introvert energy levels that i have anytime i go to a social engagement it's it's a huge effing risk like oh my gosh like there are sometimes when i get invited to things and it's like there's two like a hundred people invited i'm like there's no way i'm going to that mm. <laughs> there's way too much risk there i don't know 80 percent of the people you know, and, and it's and I love that way of thinking about it because I think when I was younger in, in university years, I used to actively and consciously decide to go to these house parties where I only know the host. And I'm like, you know, I'm putting myself out there. I'm taking a risk here to challenge myself. And that was, and you're not in my 30s, I guess, but still it's an adult form of, of play, I guess, is putting myself in an environment where I don't know how I'm going to feel. Maybe I'm going to feel like neglected or maybe I'm going to feel like uh, disliked or unwelcomed. Um, mm, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, social, social settings are huge risks for me. <laughs> I mean, G wants me to go to her Halloween party in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. so much risk.
it's yeah risky play you know can't can't grow without it (laughs) yeah i mean Um, it definitely looks different from when you're a kid to adult because you know you're focusing more on those relationships now um versus like just taking care of yourself because kids don't really i mean they don't really have falling outs they like they might but they'll get back together and play in the next like day or so versus Mm -hmm. in when you're an adult it uh there's definitely a lot more risks on that front so yeah i feel like uh that's a great example of the of not wanting to go to the to the halloween party because it's it's new it's like um yeah as a kid you're kind of forced to go to school. You're kind of forced to go through these experiences, meeting with other kids to make sure you build those social skills. But as an adult and you get to choose. Um, yeah, I find a lot of adults, uh, like part of it makes sense. It's you're an adult, you have all these other responsibilities. You're emotionally tired and physically more tired than you are as a child. Um, so so do you want to, to push yourself even more after like a long week at work? Um, so it is, yeah, definitely really tricky as adults to uh, go through that, like, socialization and make new friends and, and go through all that again. Well, you're really building the case for uh, play because I feel like a lot of people do feel uh, guilty when they're, you know, spending time playing versus doing something, quote unquote, productive uh, with their lives, like trying to advance their um, career or advancing their goals but there's actually a lot to be learned from play. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's important for us to, to be able to do that. David, you like a lot of board games. What, what other forms of play do you think you do? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, sports is one. Um, board games, I'm not sure. I haven't, uh, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, this podcast, I feel like, could be a form of play. It's uh yeah. It's risk, yeah I mean, it's risky certainly, crea- like certainly creativity in in, in 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 putting in creating content like this, and I think creativity will get to that um, shortly. I think, but uh, mm-hmm. creativity and play, I think, go hand in hand. Um, so I think this project, G, you and I do definitely allows us to play a little bit, um, which is a big reason why I want to do it is to have something outside of work that engages me in a creative way. Uh, arguably in a playful way. <laughs> hey. Um, but I actually don't play, I don't play board games that much anymore, partly because I'm like, I got so many things I need to do. And so maybe I should... Uh, you should engage should in back, more play. should get back to it. Yeah. I, yeah. Before we get to the next, next question, I, I wanted mm-hmm. to jump off of something you said earlier, Samson, about Overwatch and give mm-hmm. a, a quick sort of recommendation uh, related to that, which is there's a video, speaking of video games and and skills that we can learn from from them especially when we play with friends samson have you heard of the a game called it takes two? Oh yeah one of my have favorite played, ones yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so it's a it's a I, I don't actually i'm not a video game person how would you describe this game it, it's a cooperative game is that what you call them <laughs> yeah so it takes two is a co-op game uh where you have to play the game with two people it can't be played with just one uh and each player uh takes control of one of the two characters uh and through the game you go through different um game mechanics like there's platforming which is like jumping platform to platform there's puzzles um there's uh platforming puzzles what else uh overall there's like a really big story and the story is um something that really is uh that kind of motivated me to finish the game i finished it with my fiance as well uh and it's a story about like divorce and relationship 
So It Takes Two is a cooperative game. Uh, you do play. Uh, at the same time, you go through these challenges together. You can also mess with each other. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities in the game where you can um, uh, like electrocute your, <laughs> your, your partner playing the game. <laughs> there's another part of the game where you can play piano with the other, uh, your other player and hop up and down, control these little characters. It's super charming. It's actually one of my, like, I think, top 10 games of all time. Oh, wow. Um, it's, it's very, very good. And the story is, is very special as well. Yeah. So I, I'm glad you know sort of why I bring it up because I've only played it briefly with my, with my current, with my partner. Um, but even in that brief time, like there was so much opportunity for learning and growth between us, especially uh, as, you know, as, as a relationship that isn't like, you know, five or 10 years old, there was a lot of like, oh, okay, I can, I see a little bit of frustration here. Okay. So like, <laughs> you know, how do we deal with that? Or, you know, if I, cause it's a cooperative game, right? So like, our success requires us to work, team uh, work as a team in, in mm-hmm. this game in a very very interactive way. So you you can't move forward without each other doing your own separate parts. Yeah. Um, and so in that way, you really learn to depend on each other. You have to communicate. You're like, okay, all right, I'm ready. Okay, you go, 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 go now. Like, okay, do this, and then okay, I'm ready. Okay, no, 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 too quickly. Over here, like, run over here. Um, and it's. It was great. And I think we like we ended up having like conversations to debrief about like, okay, you know what? <laughs> that way we communicated, like we could have done that better. How do we want to do it next time? Like, or what works for us? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think that video game and perhaps other video games, especially cooperative ones or ones where you have to work as part of a team, even if you don't play like, let's say some traditional one like Call of Duty, you know, you got to work as part of a team to take down the other team. There's a lot of communication there about like, all right, you know, you go go this direction, you go that direction or like, mm-hmm. and then when you fail each other, there might be some conflict. Um, so I guess in a way, uh, I'm just trying to sell the benefits of of video games and, and, and games in general if to give you a chance to work right collaboratively with with your friends or your partner yeah yeah no it's it's those kind of experiences that i think make video games really special um i'm, I'm a huge gamer in case anybody doesn't didn't notice <laughs> grow, grow up level up gave us yeah opinion. yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah so so like those are super common in in uh well for me i'm a competitive shooter person so so those experiences are very common those like three two one and then like hit me and then you all go in at the same time yeah, yeah. uh it takes two yeah is, is on my like top 10 because they're exactly what you said it's got all those types of experiences where you need to work on timing and and working through frustration and yeah. uh and i think it takes two is extra special because the story is is so interesting it's um not something that is common in video games where yeah. they talk about like divorce and uh, mm. working through like like Sims like a child yeah <laughs> deeper than Sims deeper than Sims and, and there are some Sims. like yeah <laughs> there, there are yeah. some like really really big emotional beats in there that I don't know if you you got there David but it was probably not like, yet yeah laugh, so laugh video and game cry. marriage yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, something else that I just thought of, um, we've been talking about how um, gaming and video games can improve, um, you know, communication and relationships, but also individually, I think there's a case to be made for building, you know, your cognitive abilities. Like if you're someone who builds puzzles, for example, or last episode, David, we talked about like uh, sports um, and Mm -hmm. how some sports will help you improve, you know, your, your memory, um, like dancing, for example, you have to learn choreography, improve your memory. And even as you get older, you know, they're always telling like 
senior folks to do Sudoku and do crossword puzzles because it helps your brain like kind of um, continue to work out, work out your brain, if you will. So, you know, yeah. it builds all those individual, um, it builds your brain like, health too, I think. Yeah, like, um, I don't know if soft skills is the right word. I think that's usually saved for social skills. But yeah, like your cognitive ability, your fine motor skills. Uh, sports is really like the common one. Like people see people play sports. It's like, oh, they're working on their health. But part of health is those fine motor skills, those cognitive abilities that you don't necessarily see outwardly. Um, I think games and fun are really great ways to do that. Um, uh, yeah, like I think... Um, for an older generation, at least my grandparents, they didn't really grow up playing or, or, or this concept of play wasn't common. They're immigrants from Hong Kong. So uh, generationally, it's definitely a generational thing. So their entertainment is just watching TV, um, which is also, I don't know, it could be considered a form of play. It's not very active. Uh, but, but I challenge them all the time to like, yo, just just play some Wii bowling, just uh, do, play some mahjong even or or Sudoku, um, just just to keep those skills sharp. I think um, our generation, I don't know, when we get around to their age, our old folks' homes will have like ten PCs facing each other, and people will still be playing League of Legends with each other. I think there's a big generational shift there where play is not only more accessible but it's valued. I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm looking at the title in your background, Grow Up, Level Up, and think about our, our, our podcast about 30s. There's a notion out there, I think, with some people or many, even many people, you, when you grow up, mm -hmm. you, you stop playing video games, right? Like, that's, that's what you do when you're younger, when you have less responsibilities or mm -hmm. uh, when you have more time. Certainly, I know folks, uh, you know, like, like Henry, he was on a podcast uh, in season one. He's a new dad. He used to have his game nights with his, with his boys, like almost every night. And then he decided that um, that's one of the things that he had to cut out because his time was more restricted. So I, I don't know what you have to say, Samson, about the pushback against games or play when you get older and when life gets more real. <laughs> um, I mean, you're, in, you're not quite in your 30s yet so maybe this is something that you have to learn and experience for yourself I mean, so maybe you don't have an answer yet but i don't know if you've interviewed or uh, have have friends in their 30s or 40s um i think i well, i definitely have friends that are older than me i think um I, I think play just comes out in different forms uh when you get older it doesn't necessarily have to be sports or video games or board games, um, and this is jumping back to my definition of play, I feel like play is just something that is active, uh, something that is interactive, where you are cognitively, physically engaging yourself. Um, mm -hmm. That uh, doesn't necessarily have to benefit you. Well, the benefit could be fun, but it's something that's interactive that's not done to make money. <laughs> uh, it's something that that you do... Um, uh, that you want to do uh yeah kind of for the sake of doing it kind of that um uh yeah kind of for the sake of doing it that you want to do that is not just passive um the comparison i always draw is like tv and movies uh, when you watch a tv show you're just sitting there and you're just taking things one way and that's towards you darn that's not considered <laughs> play oh my god i don't know i don't know 
But like I said, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. This is all. I agree with you guys, though, that TV and movies, it's, I wouldn't consider it play because there is no interactive element. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, but at the same time, G, maybe if, uh, through that TV watch, that movie watch, you go to your friends, you make a podcast about it, and you're kind of critically thinking about it and maybe putting your spin on it. I would consider that play because you are interacting um, with, with, like, you're going beyond just it going one way. You are also putting something back out. Um, stuff like, or, or even just like in a group chat, like uh, my friends and I are watching Loki right now, and we watch Loki, and then we talk about, like, oh, what do you think is going to happen here? What do you think is going to happen there? Uh, here's my theory. I think that's kind of play. You're kind of working through those, um, those it's, it's playful banter. Uh, maybe it's like my buddy put out this crazy theory and I'm like, no, you're crazy, dude. This is what's going to happen. Uh, we're practicing those conflict resolution skills, more or less. Um, I went on a big tangent there. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> no, no, I think that's, that's great. I think we're just talking about, uh, yeah, like play as, as adults, uh, mm -hmm, like pressure right. sure to, to, to grow up and stop playing games and, uh, how we are playing even when we're just watching TV and talking about it with friends. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't started Loki yet, but uh, I don't know. Is it is it is it good so far? It's pretty fun. Yeah, it's pretty better fun. better than what Marvel has put out lately. <laughs> oh, that's that's saying something. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, or or even like I, I guess a more common one would be like watching sports, like watching football on TV. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one thing to just sit and watch other people play the game, but then what if you're like. Um, getting together with your friends and watching together it's a different experience mm -hmm. and you're using those social skills and maybe even like party planning skills and all that at the same time i wonder and this is just a general question i just thought of mm -hmm. i wonder if there is a bit of a uh it's not like a clear distinction as with any, if everything there's a bit of overlap but when it comes to men and women i wonder if play looks a bit different because i feel like video games and sports they tend Again, it's it, there's there's no clear distinction here. Please, you know, I'll, I'll be I'll clear, uh, let me let me clarify that. But there there's a general trend I think where it's more common for men to be uh, into video games and sports and like physical forms of play or uh, talking about sports. And I think play for for females may tend uh, generally to to look more like the the, the social emotional aspects of play. Yeah, totally. It's it starts um, with kids as well. Um, mm. Like, if you go to a playground, you'll see maybe the girls playing house on the playground and the boys right, right. playing soccer on the field. Mm. Uh, of course, that's all uh, anecdotal. Uh, it's yeah, definitely yeah. A, a sign of the the times and the way we look at research and all that. Um, but I think definitely it's also part of culture is what i'm trying to say is it's mm. uh stuff that's reinforced because of art the culture we live in in yeah. in canada um yeah. i think as adults uh depends on your friends friend groups um depends on who you grew up with and what kind of relationships you make um but yeah no i think you got a great point there that play does look different between men and women uh, and other people um i think i like saw an instagram story uh last night where someone was like eating cheese on their story like a big wheel of cheese with a big group of people i'm like is that play <laughs> that was weird any sort of social interaction yeah right <laughs> yeah i think that does make sense like when i think of girls like if i'm if i consider play with the girls it's like going out for you know a drink or like doing some kind of 
um, activity together that's uh, like I don't know. We're going to like puppy yoga or, or something. Oh, like interesting. Versus <laughs> the guys need like a lot of the times they'll need something to kind of like talk about like a, a video game or like sports, like something like a topic that they're all interested in to like basically engage in because there's no other conversation outside of that. They need to be talking about this like one team or this one video game. So I think I could definitely see some of that. Mm -hmm. I think there's less communication when guys uh, play and hang out. Like I know a friend who recently uh, wanted to catch up with his with his boys, but when he went on the bike ride, um, apparently the entire bike ride was in silence. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, like, we're just we're just here. We're just we're just biking, biking yeah. hard. Let's yeah. go. You know, or like or like you you hang out with some guys and then. Uh, you know, they have wives or kids and then they go home and then their partner's like, oh, so like, how's so-and-so doing? And they're like, oh, I think it's good. It's like, what would you guys talk about? Uh, you know, nothing much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I totally get that. Um, one thing that I guess uh, <laughs> that, that me and my friends do, and I found out this is pretty common, um, is that everyone goes into one Discord server and then just kind of like hangs out chats a little bit everyone plays their own games maybe like in bears of two but everyone's in the same chat uh we stream share our games everyone's like maybe tuning in watching but everyone's wow. it's like a group chat of like 10 people and we're just like hanging out um and we do this every night um going back to uh one of the experiences where i realized play was important was actually at the beginning of the pandemic uh when everything shut down there was no going to bars and going to puppy yoga <laughs> um uh, for me and my friends and and like my gamer network, uh, everyone kind of shrugged their shoulders and was like, oh, like not much has changed. We still get on Discord every night uh, and chat and play video games. Maybe some of our games change, mm -hmm. but I have this other friend group from school. They're all women. Uh, like like I said, I went to Challenge Youth Care. Uh, they're all women, and they were uh, they were not freaking out, but they were like kind of like, what do we do now? Like like how how do I use Zoom? How do I use Discord? They they were confused, but and I. And I was, that was a point of realization for me that I realized like, oh, maybe not everybody else gets off work, does their chores, then hops on Discord for two, three hours a night and plays video games chatting with their friends. Like, this is not a common thing. <laughs> and then that was what I realized. I was like, oh, okay. So, so this is like a unique gamer thing that uh, when I met other people like Lynn, who was on my podcast, she also does it with her friends with a different mm -hmm. video game and organizes tournaments. So like that is like a nightly play that happens for certain uh, interests, groups of people, but not for others. Yeah, there's certainly different types of play. Now you're just talking, you're talking about the pandemic. And I was thinking back to like, how did we play when we couldn't see each other for mm -hmm. a few months? Like, what did we end up doing? I remember we would just be on like the app house party a lot. Like everyone's just chat hanging out in this like virtual room as if we're all together. Yeah. Um, I feel like we interacted even more during that time because we couldn't see each other. So we're always on this like in this like virtual house together mm -hmm. um but for me i think like talking about creativity a little bit i think that's when i kind of got into more creative stuff because it was like i couldn't see anybody so i had to count on you know doing my own thing so i remember i was scrapbooking a little bit um during the pandemic i did a lot of like furniture rearranging <laughs> like design and, and trying to, <laughs> that's <laughs> trying cool <laughs> to, trying to decorate my my place 
Um, so there, I mean, there's so many more, like, as we're talking, I'm just thinking of more and more things that could be considered play and involving creativity into that too. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess just speaking of creativity, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, uh, topic, uh, Samson, but, uh, when I think of play, I also think of creativity. Uh, I talk about creativity as a big part of why I find value in doing this podcast um, so how do you relate to creativity in your role in, in your, in your life rather? Yeah, oh, that's a great question. Creativity is something that I actually kind of struggled with for a long time. Um, I don't know if you've heard the saying where it's like, everybody needs three hobbies or something. It was like one that makes money, uh, one that you do for fun and one that's creative. Hmm. But for me, like, um, creativity, uh, is something I'm really passionate about, but also, I wasn't able to to put it into one little box. Like I'm not that good at design. I don't really like drawing or painting or like visual arts. Um, so I kind of found my creativity came from being resourceful um, and and working with with what I got. Um, so, for example, the this podcast uh, when I first started it, I didn't use this really cool app that we're using right now called Riverside. I instead, when I had to record online, I used Discord. I used OBS. I recorded uh, a screen share from OBS or from Discord into OBS into a file, and then like like all the files and all that. <laughs> uh, my creativity came from resourcefulness. Um, so that is. Um, yeah, it wasn't like a visual type of creative. It was um, trying to solve a problem, I think, was was how I used my creative side. Um, another example, mm -hmm. I guess, is uh, when I worked with kids. Uh, I worked with one child who really struggled with being in the classroom, but he loved Fortnite. Um, because I came with this knowledge, I know what Fortnite is. I know how it works. I took like the Battle Pass uh, design and then turned it into his like task sheet. It's a... Uh, it's like a token system. I don't know if uh, you guys know what that is, but basically it's like check marks. You finish all these, you get a prize. And then I you took the Fortnite. I gamified it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so I I would say my creativity comes out in that way, um, mm. in like a resourcefulness way, not necessarily a visual way or a design way. Mm. Yeah. I think, it, and I think it, just hearing you talk and think about this topic now, one of the reflection I have is that you know, it's very common, I think, for a lot of people, uh, just to pivot a little bit into the world of work. We find satisfaction, I think, when we have the opportunity to be creative in our work. And it's, mm. and it's when we don't have any chance to exercise creative control or make creative decisions is when life uh, is when work becomes less satisfying and fulfilling. When you're, let's say you're just doing administrative job or clerical work, um, or you're just in a position where you don't have any uh, decision-making uh, authority, uh, or you're not required to problem-solve or, or come up with creative solutions. And so I think that's a very common phenomenon, right? For, I think for folks in work, I, 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 again, not a, not, not just as more anecdotal, but I think that's pretty, pretty obvious. And I think if you extrapolate that, that in itself is evidence of how much, how important play is in our lives in general. Because if we don't have play at work, I think that's when we don't have creative control over our work. And then mm. if we don't have that, then it's not fulfilling. And so we need to find opportunities maybe outside of work as well to have those creative outlets. Uh, otherwise, you know, life just gets 
kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone needs those three things. You need a creative hobby, uh, one that makes money, which is probably your work, and uh, one that keeps you healthy. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, yeah. I, I, I know we kind of tangented. Creativity is something like pretty, pretty, not tricky, but it's something that I, I've always wanted to do more of. Um, like before I did podcasting, I tried my hand at photography and um, uh, Twitch streaming and making YouTube videos. Uh, so I would say those are all like creative endeavors, but none of them really stuck with me as much as podcasting so far. I think I maybe I just like talking. Yeah, Gee. creativity is definitely something that I always I'm always trying to work on. I don't consider myself like a creative person. I've ne I was never good at like art or, you know, music or creating things like with my hands. Um, so problem solving, that's a really good point, Samson. Um, definitely part of creativity. So we don't always think about that. I think when we think of creativity, we think of like um, you know, drawing or um, being able to, to create some kind of music or, or mm -hmm, art. Music. Um, but thinking outside of the box and coming up with creative solutions is definitely part of creativity. And you're right, David, like that's when I do feel good about my job is if I can think of a, an idea or a solution that's outside of what we normally do. Exactly. Um, and that if we can actually implement them, that would be good. <laughs> yeah. It's another story. Yeah. Well, I think for all of us here, and I know, G, when you when you and I first started this podcast, you're like, you did say that to me. They're like, I don't really consider myself a creative person, so this would mm -hmm. be a good challenge for me. Like, it would challenge me to try and be creative. Yeah. Um, I think, Samson, you probably agree that the podcast has been a creative endeavor for you. I, I want to hear a bit more about your experience uh, with that, uh, specifically, if you've learned anything about play because you in, in the sense that you're interviewing such a wide variety of, of folks on, on your podcast they're not just gamers right you've interviewed other folks as well um have you learned anything uh from or what have you learned from all those conversations you've had on your podcast yeah um actually go, going back i think uh way back early in the year when i started the podcast i reached out to you david actually and, yeah. and, I, and i shared this project with you and then one of the things you asked me was something like like what is the point like <laughs> what is the point of this podcast was i so rude yeah I'm no 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 it, no it was good it was necessary because i needed to know like 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 oh this is not just me pulling in cool people to talk like what is my what is my value add i guess so so from that i kind of expanded my horizons like oh like what is like what is play play is not just video games uh at, when i first started the podcast i wanted to focus only on games but then the more and more i looked into it it's like oh wait like people do different things to get the same effect of what i do when i play video games or what my video game community does mm -hmm. when they get video games so that's kind of how i expanded into stuff like uh saffron came on and she talked about how she likes to long distance bike and run um i had a um like a teacher teachers or childhood workers come in and talk about how they gamify the classroom so mm -hmm. these elements of play and doing stuff not to make money and doing stuff to work on the skills completely separate from their work um that i started looking for guests in that realm mm -hmm. um so uh yeah i think the podcast the guests showed me that there's a wide breadth of people out there that play and it just looks different. Um, I think that kind of belief reinforces my my 
kind of belief at what working with kids is like, just because they're doing one thing or showing one thing doesn't mean in their head, it's, it means this exactly. Like, for example, if a kid is jumping up and down on their chair in the classroom, it doesn't mean they want to disrupt the classroom. There's probably another need that they're fulfilling uh, to uh, that's making them need to jump up and down into classroom. Uh, I think that perspective shift is really important, not just working with kids, but also in like common lives. Like why are people doing certain behaviors? All behaviors come from a certain need. So <laughs> it's a long winded way of saying like play and that uh, what, however, how it looks long distance biking, playing video games, um, doing, being creative, making art fulfills a need in someone where maybe it's creative maybe it's um emotional um or like just practicing those gross or fine motor skills play is a way to to fulfill those needs that someone has in their life uh, yeah i really like how your podcast kind of showcases the different types of play samson I, I think when i first heard about your podcast i thought oh this is gonna like this is a video game uh, podcast, you know, that's, that's cool. It's not something that like, I might personally relate to or be interested in. But after looking through some of the, um, some of your podcasts and, and listening to a few, like, you just you invited guests who have that kind of play aspect, whether it's in their career, or whether they do that in their everyday lives, it showcase like, the, the breadth of um, play that's possible. I think that actually showcased the creativity um, that you have because you are inviting all these people that might just like have some form of play, even though that's not exactly their profession or um, it is their profession, but they kind of like gamify their work when it's not actually related to gaming or play, right? So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and a big part of that is also like, like I want to show off, well, goes back to like I, I don't know if you've heard it from your your parents my parents are like what are you done playing with games i, I remember my my late grandpa said Never. like yeah exactly it's like it's like oh like you're i don't know i think i was like 24 25 at the time and he's like oh are you done playing with games now like like you're entering your career and yeah, i'm are like you growing up yet <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and i'm like no i don't think i'll ever stop playing like and and i drew the comparison it was like on the spot where i kind of also realized and like told him like Oh, I think this is uh, like you watch TV for fun. You play Mahjong once in a while for fun. Like why isn't video games the exact same thing as that? Um, it's it's entertain. Yeah, <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> and, no, I had to sit and, and have some dinner and like <laughs> moved on to other things. But but part of the podcast is also I want to show the world, um, like show people that like play is okay. It's okay to indulge in these things uh, and look at the value that it's bringing to our lives. Uh, it's not just entertainment. It's not just a waste of time. Uh, this is how it integrates into our lives. And yeah, the goal is to bring on different types of people. Um, like, for example, Philip is someone who first loved to make content and now it's his career. Like he chose to make his hobby um, his livelihood. Um, someone like uh, Chris... Uh, Light Force. He uh, he doesn't necessarily play sports directly, but he watches uh, hockey. He's very passionate about hockey. Very passionate about the Overwatch League. And now it's like his way of finding community, and he builds a podcast around it. So um, part of it is showcasing these guests um, about how play integrates into our day to day lives, how it can lead to different opportunities, uh, and how it can. It's it's part of the human experience. 
Do you think play, because you've said a few times now that play is something you do for fun um, in part. I mean, there's other definitions too, but part of the definition is something you do for fun that is not that doesn't make you money. So what happens once your hobby starts making you money? Does it stop being play? That's that's tricky. I think uh, <laughs> it's definitely a little existential question because um, yeah, <laughs> at, at least one existential question per podcast. Come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, so I have a buddy. I won't name him. Really close friend of mine. Like he's he's part of that Discord group that play that that we play with every night. And um, and I don't want to speak on his ter- his behalf, but from my perspective, I see that. Uh, he, so he's an artist. He works at a big. Um, a uh, big technology company now doing concept art for them. Ever since I've known him growing up, he was always an artist. Um, and then as as we grew and I saw, saw his hobby, his passion become his work, there was kind of like a blurred line between what is work, what is enjoyment. Um, and, and it's tricky because the work he enjoys at the same time when it's not uh, art that he has to do, he doesn't enjoy. So there's like a really blurred line of what is work, what is play, which is doing art for himself. Um, what, in my observation, what happened was he became very like stuck in that shell. And um, I challenged him to, to pick something like completely way different, like just try something completely new. And that can be your form of play where you practice those other skills. Uh, I think now they do uh, uh, HEMA, like European martial arts where you use swords and stuff and, <laughs> and <Wow>. fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, <laughs> like, Oh, cool. That's crazy. That's awesome. Uh, so um, yeah, like play kind of became their career and it was for a while, it was pretty tricky because, uh, Oh, I'm done my day job of drawing. I'm going to go back to drawing. So it's like, what, mm-hmm. like, is there a distinction? Is that mentally healthy for you um, in the, in the end, you're not practicing those separate skills. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, that, that is a tricky question. I don't think I have an answer for it, to be honest. Um, I know, I know with my podcast, like it'd be great to make money off it one day, make money off it one day, uh, and become like a big studio where I can have like you both in person in the studio, but then it becomes work. And I don't know if, uh, that is something that, that, that I'm ready for yet. Well, I think there's definitely the notion and you see a lot of people with um, really uh, great skills, maybe at drawing or they're really creative in some aspect, maybe they design something or make something, but they don't want to actually turn it into work. And when you ask them, like, why you're so talented, um, they say, you know, once it becomes a job, it maybe takes some of the fun out of it. You know, I want to do this because it's my creative outlet. It's outside of my job. It's something that I can do for fun. Uh, That's why people volunteer too, right? Like once it, once you turn it into a job, it becomes a bit less fulfilling in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's definitely that, that line, like you said, because you also want to love your job. So you want to do something that you're good at and that fulfills you. But at the same time, if that thing is your hobby, um, sometimes that kind of, diminishes like how um how much you might enjoy it totally yeah it's it's the bringing in like a third party that that wasn't supposed to be there in the in the first place yeah doing stuff for money um because it's always you, you always see the opportunity there it's like oh you're so good at this why not charge people money for it and make mm-hmm. some extra dollars but then introducing like deadlines and 
another voice saying like, hey, I want this redone. and Less control. Um, yeah, 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 less control. So we, we've talked a lot about how um, really trying to demystify if there's any folks who still uh, feel negatively towards video games, you know, a lot of those benefits. I think one of the main reasons why people do, um, if they do have a negative uh, f- attitude towards video games, it's because so often they see people addicted to video games. It takes over their mm-hmm. life and it's unhealthy. So I don't know if you have anything you want to speak to, Samson, about if there are any risks to too much play or how yeah. do you find that balance or, or other yeah, things no. that you think are also risky or um, are, are, are a net negative. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'd love to share about that. I think like one caveat again, I'm not a psychologist or doctor or expert or counselor. Um, <laughs> I think uh, going back to what I said briefly earlier, all behavior comes from a need, a need that, that needs to be fulfilled. Like if we're hungry, we'll eat. Uh, if we're thirsty, we'll drink water. So I think when people get addicted to something, it's it's kind of separate from the game. Like they could be addicted to anything. I think gambling is a really common one because of that super easy push a button and you get a shot of dopamine from the colors and the lights and money. Um, so addiction comes from from some sort of unmet need in that individual um, that that needs to be met in a different way. Um, I think, yeah, a really common thing that, that uh, I don't know about you both, but that I came up with is like, uh, we're going to be addicted to, to video games if we keep playing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that need is actually something else. Um, definitely looking back now as a kid, we were addicted to video games was because we were actually chatting with our friends at the same time and uh, leveling up in Maple Story actually gave us something to talk about on the playground or at church the next week. Um, so that was the part that we were playing games for and grinding for. Uh, but in broader terms for addiction and people like like getting addicted to mobile games are, are very common for this, like those gacha mechanics, those gambling mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a different need there that is not being met, but the game is give is fulfilling that. Um, it's different from person to person, uh, but that's kind of my perspective on it. Yeah, I think that's a really good distinction to draw between addiction and this and and game is just it's kind of like let's say you are hungry, and then you eat a lot of X food or Y food. Well, it's not about the food it's just you're, you're, you're hungry and so you just happen to eat a lot of this or that and the real issue here is your hunger it's not the food the food is just the way you satiate that that, that need that you have um and so i think that's an important thing to keep in mind so that we don't unfairly demonize or uh uh make video games or whatnot the the, the villain i mean mm-hmm. i have a I'm I have a very addictive personality, and so maybe I need to go and see a psychologist and see what's going on there. Uh, no, only half joking. But like the reason I don't play video games is because I have no self discipline and I get addicted and it takes over my life. Mm. I like mm. video games too much, and I think I wonder if there's. I mean, going on what you're saying, which I do agree. I know we're not psychologists here, but going on what you're saying, and it makes sense. It's like there's probably some sort of yeah, there's some unmet need that that video game is giving me a, a chance to 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 satisfy. Hmm. Yeah. Sometimes um, it's to even like avoid something. You're you're playing a game or you're addicted to something to try and avoid having to do something else. So right, right. like this is like yeah. 
yeah, you're stuck in it. Do, mm. do you get addicted to anything, G? Like you're you're a pretty well-adjusted individual. I feel like. <laughs> uh, like social media. I would say. And I do like, you know, if I'm binging on a TV show, like that's why I say it's to avoid something else. It's probably because I'm trying to avoid like, I don't know, doing chores or doing the things that I'm supposed to do. Yeah, It's not necessarily yeah. that I enjoy this TV show so much that I can't look away. It's that this is something that is mindless and I don't have to do the things that I don't want to do. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, circling back to the beginning, I would say like my my vice, my my addiction is definitely coffee. <laughs> uh, but that's because I don't like that. I think is a. <laughs> I think <laughs> the caffeine is actually addictive. So yeah, oh, well, true. Yeah, yeah. But but, but like, <laughs> I actually don't like being tired. I think it's like, and this is ironic, right? Like. I, I preached for an hour now about how you should do stuff with no purpose, do stuff for fun. But I'm like, oh, if I'm not productive, I'm not using my my day to its max. Um, hmm. So so that's why I like coffee. I'm like, oh, it gives me that shot of energy. Coke Zero as well. It, it's such a fine line because I, I think if you, you know, you could play video games for five hours, but then you can also just get all your shit done. And then therefore, is it a problem? Maybe not. Mm -hmm. But if you if it becomes a problem to where it affects other aspects of your life and affects the things that you're supposed to be doing like adulting basically yeah. then that's kind of where it becomes a problem so i i don't really think there's even like a specific um time frame or threshold to where you can play i think mm -hmm. personally for me it's like as long as you're not it's not affecting your yeah. um daily life yeah, yeah, I think I, I think uh, addiction should be clarified as like, like y you literally can't think of anything else until you do this thing or or get this thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so like my day to day would be like, oh, I can't, it's a, I I literally can't get up in the morning unless I play a round of Overwatch or something. Uh, that that would be classified as addiction. But like, gee, like you said, like playing for five hours uh, after you did all your stuff, like that's not addiction. That's just using your time the way you wanted. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you have any uh, advice on this, but in, in case you do, if there are folks listening to this and they're like, you know what, these people sound like they're having a lot of fun in their lives. I want to have more fun too, but I just have no time for it. H how can people add more play into their lives, especially when they already feel they don't have any time for it? So like, what can, are, are, does it mean that should they go to more dinner parties? <laughs> more board game, What's, more dinner parties. Yeah, more board games. I don't know um, any thoughts about that. Yeah, I, I think everyone's different. I think everyone's um, hobbies are are totally up to them. Uh, so it's hard to say like what what uh what what's the one size fits all answer to to how to have fun. Um, I know some people that find fun in the train ride home after work, just playing like a game on their phone. Mm -hmm. Some people have fun listening to podcasts, just like this. <laughs> um, I think for those who want to maybe try video games uh, as a form of fun, there's this really cool thing called the Xbox Game Pass that is the Netflix of video games. You pay once and you get access to all these games. Um, oh, pay month dangerous. by month. It, it, Are you sponsored? It is. <laughs> I should. I should have a referral code somewhere. Um, that's one way if you want to do video games. Um, as well as I, I think the world's greatest resource, and this is kind of separate, is YouTube. Uh, not just watching YouTube videos, but learning skills. I think um, the the only 
streaming subscription I pay for is YouTube Premium, just to avoid the ads. Mm -hmm. um, but that's because I'm learning so much about everything on YouTube. Uh, so, some of it is like garbage. Some of it is is not the not well researched but a lot of the good ones do surface uh, as well as like hard skills like running a podcast how to interview how to do design all that i learned from youtube so if there's like a new hobby that you want to get into um, or a new skill you want to learn definitely look up videos on youtube like it's crazy that it's free um and then for like um i guess overall what it, no matter what you try and try to find fun it's okay to like fail and by fail i mean like uh like you didn't have fun <laughs> it's okay that that happens uh just try again maybe try something else um and the other thing is connection uh definitely go into this uh with the intention to make new relationships or go in with somebody that you have a relationship with uh like a friend or or a significant other it's always more fun when you have somebody else to do it with yeah, that's I, a good that's point. A good when point. I, sorry, go on. I, I was going to say it's it's a good point because when people look at their schedules, especially if you know they're a parent or they have a really busy um, schedule, if you told them to get rid of one thing, it's probably the thing that they do like for fun because that's mm -hmm. the thing that's easiest to get rid of. Um, yeah. But actually, you know. I, you know, I consider going to a workout class to be play and fun. And a lot of the moms there um, say that this time for themselves actually help the rest of their skin, like help align the rest of their life together and takes that taking that time for themselves um, helps in other aspects of their life too, to do the things that they need to do. They're more productive, they're more focused and things like that. So um, it's, it's important for the, for the other aspects. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I, I like, like, yeah, I think that belief is definitely being more and more common in my anecdotal observation. Um, but we should celebrate it. We should be like, yeah, you go take time away from your family and your responsibilities and do something for yourself. I think we should really praise that and um, uh, yeah. yeah, positively reinforce that kind of thinking and behavior. It's hard because this this society celebrates being busy so much, um, being productive so much. Like I, I'm a I'm, I'm fully in that. I, I, I have that mentality for myself. Um, so it's hard to push back against that when everything is moving you towards that direction of like, are you being productive? Are you contributing? Are you making more money? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's, there's a, a great guilt and sh shame or I don't know what, you know, some unhealthy emotions attached to trying to incorporate more play and fun in our lives, which is just kind of sad if you think about it, because yeah. Live your life. Important. Yeah, no. <laughs> and that's, that's, I totally agree with that. It's, it's uh, like speaking with uh, my background, like my parents are Asian and they're immigrants. I'm first generation Canadian. I'm not, I, I forget how that works. But, I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's always like work hard. Uh, playing is like, a, it's, it's number five on your list of responsibilities in life. Yeah. Um, so, so my rebellion to that, my, my rebelliousness to that is to, mm. yeah, celebrate how play integrates into our lives and how it can actually positively uh, help you be productive and help you in your work. It's, it's all one in the same. 
So that's amazing. I think we covered so many sort of interesting topics. At least I found mm-hmm. it really, really interesting. Is there anything that we that you that we didn't get a chance to to go over that you want to uh, quickly touch upon, Samson? Or did we sort of go over all your talking points? Um, I think. Hmm. <laughs> I I think the one thing I'll I'll leave is that um, whatever you pick for fun. Make sure it's it's something a little different than your day to day work. Um, I find that people uh, like it's it's easy to blend work and play or work and entertainment. Like, oh, my friend group is all my same employees at work. Um, mm. at, like, whatever you choose to play, see if you can take that risk of going somewhere like a complete one eighty from from what you do at work. Um, it is really Done. scary because. <laughs> Perfect. I'm on dinner board. parties. <laughs> yeah, like 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 that's the risky play uh aspect as adults. It's putting yourself in new situations, something you don't know. Um and in the end like if it doesn't work out, that's okay. Like um part of playing and learning, part of learning is failing. That that is how we all learn. So wise words awesome. um well we certainly talked about your podcast a lot uh oh yeah this is a plug whatever you want to plug uh, your socials where can people find you or your pod or anything else that you are uh, involved with yeah uh so once again my name is samson i am just a dude with a microphone on the internet but if you liked what i said and talked about uh you can find me at samson xp on all the socials uh, i'm most active on instagram and uh twitter now x uh if you want to check out the podcast which i I recommend you do uh i am like starting new shows on it which is <laughs> insane uh it is at grow up level up on all the socials uh it's at grow level up on youtube that's grow up level up uh and i do interviews uh with folks uh from all different kinds of industries about how play integrates into their day-to-day lives i've talked to teachers i've talked to data analysts i've talked to people who work in the video game industry uh, just about how games influence their lives, uh, not only as a kid, but also as adults and how they continue to let games uh, and fun and hobbies integrate into their lives. Uh, the goal of that is just to inspire you to see the value of uh, what you're doing for fun and to uh, maybe think about different ways you can have fun as well. Uh, that is the main Grow Up Level Up show. I also am just starting a new project with my friend Samantha Dowdell, uh, where called You Grow Up Level Up, as in University of Grow Up Level Up, uh, where we talk about different life skills that you can integrate into your lives, stuff like time management. Uh, what should your morning routine look like? What should your night routine look like? Um, that is a fun experiment we're trying uh, just to see if uh, we can bring value to you as a listener. Uh, and the last one is extremely, extremely niche. Uh, there is a league for Overwatch called Overwatch League that has sadly ended after six years. Uh, and since it is one of my passions that I find fun in and relationship in, uh, I decided to put a little show where I interview fans and have them reminisce on the last six years of being part of this global uh, video game tournament. Uh, so those are my three shows on at Grow Up Level Up. Uh, you can find it growuplevelup.com or on YouTube or on podcasts, actually. Yeah. How, how, where that's, do you find a time for all that? That is legit. <laughs> that is cool. 
honestly <laughs> honestly i am working <laughs> like in between all all parts of the hour that 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 train ride home uh from downtown uh i pop the laptop open and start editing and, wow. <laughs> and all that. that's yeah. hard working good on you man yeah oh, thank you inspiring yeah yeah wait i want to ask a uh, a fun last question. I know that was supposed to be a last question, but just to uh, uh, give you that platform a little bit, what's mm-hmm. what are your top five video games? Oh my gosh. Okay. It's a loaded question. I know it's a loaded <laughs> question, but I got to ask. Okay. So number one would probably be Overwatch uh, or Overwatch okay, 2. No yeah, yeah. That's uh, not co- it's controversial in the gaming realm because of its weird history, but I really like okay. the characters. I like the message it sells, it's telling the world that we can all be heroes, we can all be better people. So, big fan of that. I also just like shooting and teamwork. Um, <laughs> Pokemon Black and White oh. is probably one that has stuck out to me. Um, and that's like kind of like a childhood game. Uh, the reason for that is that was the first time they like rebooted the world where there was no old Pokemon. And uh, I think it came at an interesting time. No I think I was like, Pokemon. It, it, yeah. So from, I think I was like gen five. So the first like 15 years, the game you put in, there was like no, none of the old 151 Pokemon. Mm-hmm. They, uh, so every Pokemon you met was like new, at least to me. Cause I didn't check any of this stuff online. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything I checked was like, or all the Pokemon were like new. I was like feeling that sense of childhood wonder again, as That's if so I was cool. playing. Yeah, uh, yeah, black and white. Um, let's see. Next one. This game I've been playing for like a year now. Every day, it's called Marvel Snap. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is a game that it's a free game on your phone. It's got all the Marvel characters, and it's a card game uh, where uh, the games only last like two to three minutes at. at this max. sounds so dangerous, man. You are getting <laughs> this, David this down a so wrong. Path. David, David's making making notes. <laughs> this is the wrong. Rabbit it's a phone game. game. Yeah, yeah. No, free. that. that <laughs> yeah it's free yeah uh, i love that... heart games i was addicted to hearthstone for a long time and you know what the lead designer of hearthstone is the director of marvel yeah. snap so he he's okay. brought he's brought Should all those all those skills over he's yeah. gonna have to use his freedom app on all these games to block now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> block marvel snap. true oh true um okay. i would say it takes two is also in my top five oh, um wow. i think awesome. that yeah like um my like I said, my fiance and I played through that online, and we it, it was one of those rare games that we like practiced those skills of conflict resolution, of like timing, of teamwork. Um, at the same time, it had a very beautiful story. It was presented very beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we like laughed, we cried. So that is really rare yeah. uh, in lots of um, in lots of video games, especially like stories hard to do. And yeah, that game is definitely very very special. I think, f- and it's also very accessible, even for non-gamers, right? Because it's yeah. like that relatable theme and that cooperative fun aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the game controls are also relatively simple. You just move your character and you jump for most of the game, mm-hmm. uh, which which um, is, is great. And actually, one more thing I really like about It Takes Two is uh, it goes through different genres of games uh, as you go through the levels. Mm-hmm. So at one point, the games become like a top-down, like Diablo. You're not jumping and moving anymore. You're like, firing abilities and your character moves i don't know how to show this on podcast it moves yeah. side by like side by side instead of it's a bird in a 3d view. space yeah yeah bird's eye view um yeah and my last number five um i think i'll have to shout out 
an entire series called the Jackbox Party Pack. Oh, I, I play that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I play that with my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's cool, right? It's it's and it's cheating because it's like technically like well it's more a than ton 10. of games it's a one. ton of games yeah, yeah. and and That's that so is fun. cool because because i've played it with my non-gamer friends it's uh great for parties uh like i can play it online online basically yeah yeah but you so. can be as like dirty or <laughs> or or, or yeah, uh, weird as you want sometimes yeah <laughs> uh yeah so jack jackbox is a game where um you don't need a controller. You don't even need to know how to play video games. You like log in from your phone or your computer and you type in prompts, you draw, uh, you like do do trivia. They're all different types of games. Some are like most are good. Some are like meh. Uh, the new one's actually coming out next week as well. Um, so so the Jackbox Party Pack has hit with so many different demographics uh, from like my core gamer friend group, which we enjoy playing once in a while to like my non-gamer friends from school who are all like women and moms. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. So I'd say those are my top That's five. That's awesome. That's great. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our conversation for today. Thank you, Samson, for coming on today and for reaching you, out to you. us. It's very cool to talk to another like, podcaster someone else who who does this because they can talk about the guests that they've interviewed and things that they've learned so really appreciate you taking the time today to come on to our our podcast yeah no problem thanks for the invite i am a yeah like i said like like you said big fan of other podcasters i understand the work and the grind <laughs> uh yeah, so thanks for having yeah. me on and letting me share like my story and my interests uh rarely do i get to be a guest <laughs> Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we enjoyed yeah. having you on, Samson. And uh, if all of you listening enjoyed this conversation, um, please feel free to give us a follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening. And uh, we're on YouTube. So if you want to look at our um, faces and see us talk, uh, find us there at that30sshowpod on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. Um, and shoot us an email, that30sshowpod at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, DM us on Instagram. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. Give us some suggestions. And if you want to come on the show, tell us about your unique life experience. We would love that. Just let us know. But until next week, I think that's all we have for this week. Um, I think when this releases, it'll be late October. So happy Halloween, I guess. Or not, not quite yet. Exciting. <laughs> but it's coming up. Hopefully, you yeah. all got your costumes on. Nope. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm saying that ironically because I don't like costumes. Okay. <laughs> Get creative. All right. That's all. Okay. All right. Bye. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.